listening to White Truck. Oh, it's great to be back in the driver's seat with you right now, Dooner. Hey, Chad Prevo's coming live to you. Dooner, it's great to have you back in the Noog. Oh, yeah, man. Trip down to Boston, brought the family out here, had the moving truck, 20-foot U-Haul, which, uh, fortunately, I did not have to drive. I drove the, uh, I drove a Prius V all the way here with, <laughs> well, my, with my wife and my dog, uh, my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law drove the the U-Haul. Thank thank you to them very Thanks, much. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah, my parents flew with the, the kids. They had the easiest job. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, you could you you could only hold them off so long. Hey, now I'm, the whole family's back. It's uh, great to great to have you back. I was going to say a lot of stuff has happened while we've been gone. We've we've acquired businesses, and we we'll get to that in the headlines. <laughs> but I mean, just yes. a lot of a lot of moving parts. This is a jam-packed episode, guys. Ha- have a happy. Fourth and a happy and happy and safe Fourth of July. Don't shoot your handguns in the air. That piece of advice we gave you. But uh, yeah. Chad, oh wait, before we get to that, what do we got to do? We've got to pay some bills. That's right, Chad. This episode of What the Truck is brought to you by Truckstop.com, the world's most trusted load board. Want to find the best carriers at the best rates? See market data, build relationships, and grow your business with Truckstop.com. Visit truckstop.com today for more information. California hits Anheuser-Busch with $500,000 fine for violating air pollution laws. That's a lot of uh, cans to redeem. That, that. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> a few. The uh, California that be five million. I'm not that good at math. Would that be five million empty beer cans? Uh, at least the the California Air Resources Board CARB, which is a great abbreviation, they levied this half million dollar fine against Anheuser Busch for violating the state's very strict air pollution laws. Mm. And this was just recently announced. The brewing company's California fleet is, you know, based in San Diego by SeaWorld, according to a CARB press release. The St. Louis-based brewer failed to properly inspect 19, count them, 19 diesel trucks as required by the Periodic Smoke Inspection Program to ensure they met state smoke emission standards. And in addition, CARB staff discovered that Anheuser-Busch was not in compliance with the state's truck and bus diesel emissions rule because it failed to meet required compliance deadlines. Oh, dude. Wow. So are those super strict? Is it easy to fail this? Or are other carriers at risk? Obviously, they want to send a message, a message here picking a big shipper like Anheuser-Busch. Probably fairly strict. Probably it's more of like an enforcement thing, sort of like speeding in Tennessee. Yeah. Right? You know, strict speed limit rules, but very rarely enforced. <laughs> very rarely enforced. All right. I, but they did send the message out there, and that is, uh, I don't know, $500,000 fine eh, for Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. Probably not that much. Illinois, though, so people are going to be spending more money on the gas tax. So Illinois leads the way with the biggest diesel tax increase on July 1st. July 1st marked a significant day for increased diesel taxes as two of the country's biggest states implemented higher levies while inflation or previously approved staged increases affect prices in several other states. The biggest jump by far came in Illinois. The diesel tax more than wow. doubled. Yeah, it's up 24 It's That's up 24 aggressive. cents. Yeah, and so now it's at 45.5 cents per gallon from 21.5 cents per gallon, which, you know, in Boston, where I just was, they're debating a gas tax to pay for the tea, and they're only looking at putting one cent, one cent per gallon on the gas tax. Taxes and that, are tough. people just, there's just the word tax, and it doesn't matter the amount. You put tax behind anything. It could yep. be a penny. It could be 25% tariff. It can be any, people are going to start arguing, and they're going to start arguing hard. Ohio, they also increased their diesel tax by 19 
cents. So then the levy, the the levy in the Buckeye State now stands at forty seven cents. So it's the first increase since uh, two thousand five. Probably hurts truckers more than anybody else. They're using the most fuel. Yeah. Well, uh, big deal in the food and beverage distribution game, Dooner. Mm. Two large private carriers are set to combine as Performance Food Group announced that it has entered into an agreement to acquire Reinhardt Food Service in a $2 billion deal. Rice Holdings was fourth on the Transport Topics Top 100 private carriers list in 2018 with 5,400 tractors, 800-ish trucks, 1250 pickup cargo vans and 6600 trailers. It trailed and only a partridge <laughs> in a pear tree. It trailed only PepsiCo, Cisco, Pepsi-co. and Walmart. PFG was 10th on the same list with, oh, a whole bunch of tractors, trucks, and trailers. Just believe me. PFG believes that the deal will result in approximately $30 billion in annual net sales. I mean, that, that, that's huge. I mean, especially in that industry, it's not it's not a huge, vast area. It's, it's a little bit more specialized than some of the other ones we look at. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, a move like that is just more con- consolidation is eating the world up, man. U.S. Senator, so this one got people fired up on our site, and we'll get to it on Comment Section Rodeo, but U.S. Senators proposed a 65-mile-per-hour truck speed limiters a proposal to limit the speed of heavy trucks to 65 miles per hour earlier this year by truck safety groups has been taken up by two U.S. senators. The Cullum Owings Large Truck Safe Operating Speed Act of 2019. Oh, gosh. Can't they acronize that? Uh, introduced <laughs> on June 27th by Johnson Isaacson, Republican of Georgia, and Chris Coons, he's a Democrat of Delaware, would require new commercial trucks weighing over 26,000 pounds to be equipped with speed limiters set at a maximum speed of 65 miles per hour. Existing trucks that already have this technology installed will be required to set these six to set their speed limit to 65 miles per hour. Well, those without speed limiters would not be required to install the technology retroactively to so be grandfathered in. Here's what they had to say about it. The majority of trucks on our roads already have speed limiting technology built in and the rest of the technological advance world have already put them in use to ensure drivers follow safety protocols. This was from Isaacson. The, this legislation would officially enforce a long-awaited speed limit of 65 miles per hour in larger trucks and reduce the number of preventable fatalities on our busy roadways. Oh, but I boy. gotta ask, if you can only go 65, isn't that gonna limit? Does that limit acceleration at all for passing I mean, and for getting around? You, it know, like, you know, get out of my highway space, right? People like, like Hyperloop can't come fast enough. Yeah, that's I what know. I say. Just put me in a Hyperloop or put my cargo in it. Well, I don't know, man. Big some big internal news, Chad. Take that away for us. Let's get let's get out of the headlines with this Freight one. Freight Waves acquires American Shipper. American Shipper. That has been the very big news of the week. Yes, Freight Waves. Woo! Us. Wow. The leading source of news, data, and insights mm. for freight Even markets. Even more leading now. Right. We've acquired American Shipper. They also were a leading news publication, especially to that global shipper community. Mm-hmm. They were founded by David A. Howard, first published in May 1974. Going way back, Dooner. Way back is, machine. Before I was around. And is designed to serve the information needs of Shippers, carriers, and third parties involved in international transportation and for executives managing international logistics and supply chains, of course. Uh-huh. And here's the quote from Craig Fuller, yeah. our CEO. Mm-hmm. American Shipper has served as the voice of beneficial cargo owners, BCOs, and shippers worldwide for the past 45 years. Its editorial team is first rate and provides context for the global shipping community that is unmatched by any publication in the market. So that is, they. we've got... Some uh, some writers from American Shipper 
joining us. It's a very exciting day. Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't wait to meet them. I come from that 3PL world, that 4PL world, working with shippers quite a bit. So it's exciting to me to bring into the Fold American Shipper. It's a publication I read uh, avidly, you know. But one of the things I'm happy that we're going to see is that it seems like American shippers always kind of looked at their digital newsprint as like a magazine, you know, for some reason they thought like digital had to be magazine instead of sort of articleized, you know, they, they yeah. do that art, they do that digital magazine version. And it seems that's kind of what happens. I think when some of these legacy media groups try to transition. So I think that, yeah. you know, I think Freightways, hopefully we can use some of our, our new market know-how and some of this tribal knowledge, especially the man who just walked into the booth who's going to tell us a very interesting story about fireworks, but you got to be happy. Henry Byers, market expert. Freightways. Welcome Henry yeah. Byers. How's it going guys? How, you, you excited about American shipper? Absolutely. That's uh, huge, right? Absolutely. You're an American shipper yourself. I am. We, I am. <laughs> we, well, we, we're, we, we come from that other side of the world where we, we deal a lot with shippers and 3PLs and 4PLs. So, and American shippers always been a voice to that group and to that community, just as kind of we have been to the carrier community. And as we expand outward, I think this really helps the, the freight waves universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cover the, uh, the totality of the supply chain. And, you know, some other publications beyond paywalls may need to be a little scared. because we're going beyond the wall. But, uh, you know, one of the things you're here to tell us about, it is Independence Day, and you have a fascinating deep dive for us. Mm -hmm. Let's do a focus on fireworks for the 4th of July in the Byzantine world associated with them. All right, so you have a story coming out on Independence Day. It's about a... uh, it's about a, a strange world of fireworks. You know, a trade coming out. We hear about fireworks. We know a lot of them come from China, right? Mm-hmm. I think your your article says about 94%, with the next closest one being, like, Israel. And if we had to rely on, like, Israeli fireworks, we'd be screwed. Because <laughs> it's, like, 1.6%, right? Like, but yeah. 70% of this 94% runs through one man. Yeah, one man. And it seems like this one Tell man probably makes more money shipping fireworks than firework manufacturers do making or selling them. Yeah, it would seem that way. Yeah. Tell us Absolutely. about this expose yeah, what did you of learn? Mr. Ding. Yeah, Mr. Ding, um, you know, it's an interesting story uh, that they say that, you know, 70% of the overall U.S. containerized imports of fireworks are, are controlled by him okay. on both sides through two logistics companies. Wow. And so, and the big deal with that is, right, until 2008, you used to be able to send fireworks wherever you wanted. You could just point your you could point your Roman candle whichever way you wanted to go and send it off out into the world. And they were cheaper. But then something happened, right? There's a giant explosion in uh in 2008, which really changed restrictions and seemed to be a big boon for this Mister Ding character. Yeah, absolutely. And without going you know in too too much detail for uh, for my deep dive, uh, yeah, you know he was one of the only people after that explosion that was able to obtain a permit. One of three people, and uh, they. You know, the Chinese officials mandate that he move to uh, Liuyang, uh, yeah. China, which has been making fireworks for, you know, estimated over a thousand years. Yeah. Um, and from there, he established a logistics company and kind of dominated that region, uh, which, you know, the Hunan province is, is known for fireworks. And so he kind of controls all the manufacturers' logistics process. That control has really changed the pricing architecture of how fireworks are shipped because as you and I both know, a container to the West Coast from Shanghai volleys anywhere from 1,200 to, in bad times, maybe 3,800 really bad. Usually sits around 22, 24, right? Mm-hmm. But around that, but what a container fireworks, much different price for some reason, right? Yeah, it, it would seem that way. Um, I think, 
they were quoted as basically saying that that initially, um, you know, before you know he kind of took over the process, um, they were getting around five thousand dollars to ship that product, and and then it went upwards of eight to ten thousand dollars, um, kind of after he was able to establish a company on the American side, uh, which is you know basically you're able to control the end to end logistics of all that, so you're wow. controlling the pickup in China, the warehousing in China, the ocean freight in China. Um, and then in the U.S., you're controlling all of the, the drayage. So well, much margin, Chad. One of the things that I found interesting about this story was you said, well, and I don't know how long ago, but but like pretty recently, like a European uh, shipper tried to get in the game, a couple of them, and they tried to say, hey, we're just going to start shipping our own fireworks. Mm-hmm. And then they hit some roadblocks. What were those? How did that happen? So Taichung is a um, uh, an inland port, basically up the Yangtze River. Um, and these guys, these Danish guys had a startup and, you know, got with some shippers and said, hey, if we put a boat at Taichung and we sell it straight to the LA, you know, to LAX, um, would you guys ship with us? They got a few shippers on board. Uh, they got the boat. They got everything ready. Um, and then the shippers reportedly backed out. Wow. Um, and, and it was alluded to uh, the LA Times was the one who initially covered the story. Those guys had received letters from, or the shippers had received letters from the Shanghai port officials. Yeah, they were threatening to not move the goods out of there. So, and it seems like the threats didn't just stop there. And I don't want to give your whole report away. Go to Freightways.com. It's up there live as of the 4th of July is mm-hmm. when it's going to be on site. But for those of you listening a little bit earlier, listening on, on July 3rd on the, the late afternoon on your ride home and you're just too excited to wait, Tell us a little bit about the threats that extended into our own borders with the uh, F with the Federal Maritime Commission. Yes, a, a maritime a Federal Maritime Commission officer had received an anonymous letter uh, that was written in broken English. And if you've ever seen, um, yeah. you know, was it like t- written up? Was it like one of those uh, one of those poison letters where you cut letters out of a magazine <laughs> and a newspaper and, and you just like a ransom note? It was described that way, oh. uh, but I imagine it was just someone you know who who knew very little English dropped it into Google Translate, gotcha. wrote some broken English down. And if you've ever seen any signs where English is translated, sometimes it can oh, yeah. be a, a poor translation. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so the FMC official had actually um, started to investigate, but he could not find the person who had written the anonymous letter, and he also couldn't get any support from any of the shippers because they were quoted as basically saying they did not want to you know, potentially risk the relationship uh, with Mr. Ding. Wow. So Mr. Ding has acquired a Mr. lot Ding. of power. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. So just know that when you're purchasing your fireworks this year, you're supporting Mr. Ding. Mr. Ding. And his uh, his empire. His, his firework empire, <laughs> sorry to, man. You know, sorry to, to, to bust your... To bust your fireworks bubble, but yeah, yeah. you know, well, there's a monopoly well, behind uh, it. You want more transparency in the supply chain? We're bringing it to you, Henry. Are you uh, you're a big firebug? You like fireworks, and do you like like blowing things up? Man, fireworks. <laughs> I mean, it, it is interesting. I, you know, I labeled it the pyro paradox because yeah. I mean, yeah. here we are. We love fireworks. It's, it's just really a symbol of um, you know the Fourth of July or Independence Day. Yeah. Uh, but all of these, interestingly enough, are coming from a country where you know we're in yeah. quite a trade war at the moment. Oh yeah, and, uh, with you know, it doesn't really look good as far as uh, how this might play out. So, did, did now, you are ever, they? Yeah, did, are they are they affected the uh, fireworks by the trade war at all? Yeah, what's interesting is this year I found quite a bit of information about a shipping crisis. Uh, if you search 2019 shipping crisis, you can actually see a bit of a feud. There was another explosion, um, and basically, um, 
you know, Mr. Ding had come out on WeChat, which I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah. So it's the social media app in China. They estimate over a billion people were on it. Um, a lot of friends on there. Probably it, my strongest social media network. Yeah, and, yeah, and no kidding. It's interesting because um, they had a WeChat message posted from Mr. Ding, and he basically yeah. halted shipping for all fireworks. Um, Shanghai officials said no more fireworks through there. So now that they have okay. to basically right. use kind of a river port, you know, it, fireworks almost didn't happen. Nice. Did you um? Did you ever used to like blow up your GI Joes when, <laughs> when you were a kid? Man, I uh, you know, kids don't try this at home type of thing. You know, yeah. I I oh. definitely uh, you know, had them and uh, I love fireworks quite yeah. a bit actually. Aquanet and lighters was what I would <laughs> I would use quite a bit. I don't really like the sounds though. So I mean, it, oh, the loud the noises. Well, it's just You're like a dog. I either can have like crazy sensitive hearing or something. Ooh, I don't he's know. He's like a six foot eight inch. Like he's like um, he's like a Great Dane. Oh, poor Henry. Someone's always got to allude to his height. Yeah. I think it was from uh, when I was younger. Uh, when, a, when A dog at a party I was at when I was probably five grabbed a Roman candle uh, and actually went around the party shot and you? actually shot me in the leg. And I was Jesus. like, I was just, okay. Know, I'm, sure it was, well, I'm sure it was fairly, trim- you know, how they say yeah. that might impact you. Well, so. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing. And, and have a great 4th of July. We really enjoyed your company. Hey, Thanks man. for sharing the story. And everyone go to yep. FreightWaves.com, the new and improved FreightWaves.com. And read, what is the title of the article? The Pyro Paradox. American the Pyro Paradox. Pyro Paradox. Wow. wow. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, Breaking no journalistic news. Thanks, man. Five, count of five. Five, two minutes. So we're talking with Ash Prasad of Koi Reader. You know, we're we're excited to have you on for five good minutes. Are you yeah. ready to run the gauntlet of our challenging questions? Uh, well, we're not just here to talk to them. We're here to celebrate, too, because you just got $60,000 in funding on top of, I think you've already gotten, what, over half a million towards good times. Boy Reader. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Hey, you, um, uh, Ash, you were, I don't know if everyone knows this, but you were vice president at XBO, and it looks like, am I mistaken in saying that you started this company with your brother? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Oh wow, he's the CTO, right? That is that is correct. Yeah, and so, the co-founder. So, what made you leave uh, XBO as vice president? That's a good position, huge growing company themselves. What made you decide to start Koi Reader, and what is it exactly that you guys do? I we we had a startup prior to this, and uh, in that health tech, it, it was in the health tech space, and uh, we were trying to solve for unstructured data where people's lab reports. Um, immunization records, etc. They are sitting in, in you know different formats, different portals. That's where uh, we got the idea of Core Reader. We were solving for health tech, but we were in the B two C space, and B two C is very very hard to crack. So at, at some point, you know, um, I, I had to go back to the industry. So I quit, and my younger brother took over, and uh, he and the team has done a fantastic job in 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 creating the technology behind it, and. Uh, now the technology can be applied in any industry, but due to my background, and I've been just you know advising him as a uh, as a family uh, member, but the more I saw saw the potential of it, uh, it made a lot more sense to me to apply this in logistics and supply chain, logistics transportation and supply chain, and yeah, the role at XPO was fantastic, but I fundamentally believe that the time of this technology has come. Um, there are it's the use cases are massive. Uh, it's not just document, uh, it's unstructured data and uh, applying AI to that. So we will be, when we, we when we are back in Chicago in, in November, that's when we are going to 
um, unveil our unveil our product. Well, you know, uh, Ash, a lot of people talk about AI, and it seems like they interpret it in different ways. You, you mentioned AI. Can you can you tell us in, in layman's terms how does artificial intelligence apply to this? How does it work? With document scanning, right, and video scanning as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, when when we're trying to, you know, it, it's been a it, it's it's so there there are two things that I've learned. Um, and I don't think people who operate in the space understand that. Uh, there, there's one camp of Google, Baidu's, Facebook, uh, Microsoft of the world who are doing you know, research. They're enhancing the algorithm. If you're not one of them, then it doesn't matter. Are you a PhD or a simple graduate uh, from some university, but very sharp guy, you can, you, can, you can apply AI. The second thing that I've learned is AI is, despite all the hype, it's, it's not accurate. It's not... Uh, uh, about a year, year and a half back, it would give you up to 30, 35% level of accuracy. Now, I would say it's uh, if you're doing, um, you've got good data sets, uh, got good programming skills, then you can get it to somewhere between 45 to 50%. So the AI um, essentially helps um, make sense of data as humans would. Wow. Uh, adaptive. You know, it learns. You yeah. can train it. It yeah. learns. Oh, learning, learning principles. At about 35 to 50%? Yeah. Well, 60,000. 60, so you raised 60,000. What are you going to do with the funding that you've raised? And it, I think that you mentioned you might be looking to go out to even bring in more seed money. So what's next for Koi Reader? It, yeah. So, um, you know, number one is uh, the this, this seed money, because because I've, I've quit my job, you know, I, I need to keep the, the you know, uh, cash flow going, right? So the seed money is, is a is just a small part of a of a big raise that we are trying to do. We're trying to raise four million dollars right now um, in pre-series A. Uh, That's exciting. Sorry. That's exciting. Chad's excited for you. Yeah. Well, I and, mean, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. And, and uh, after Transparency Nineteen, uh, we got massive traction. Lots of leads. Uh, it's amazing stuff that's happening right now. Yeah. We also closed our first deal, so we are post. Great ways live events where the magic happens. Uh, Chad, how many guests have we come on here who have talked about doing a demo or or speaking at Transparency? It's or one of our events, and and next countless. thing we know, they they have tons of money. Countless. It's all happening. You guys were at Transparency. I know that you had a wonderful demo presentation. Yeah. You know, so congratulations on that. Little cowbell for you. Yeah, man. We are so happy for you. We're so proud of you. It's it was, really it exciting what you guys you are doing. I wish you were here in uh, down Chattanooga at Freight Alley. You'll have to come out this way sometime soon and see what we've got going on in our building. And in turn, you'll yeah. have to come out. Where are you guys located? Are you another one of those Chicago guys? Uh, you guys are guys? in Dallas, Dallas, right? Oh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, right. Freight Tech in Dallas. Yep. We are, we are in Dallas. And uh, uh, we've got a subsidiary running in, in Bangalore, India. Wow. Fan-stinking-tastic. Hey, little trivia. Did you know that Terrell Owens, former Cowboys yes. receiver, he went to the University of Chattanooga, Tennessee, right yes! down the street. Yes, T.O. Yeah. played for the 49ers. <laughs> played Samuel L. Jackson, too. He didn't play for the 49ers. Well, he also played, well, no, he didn't. But, yeah, uh, yeah Samuel Jules L. Jackson. In, uh, yeah, but actually, T.O. also <laughs> played for the Dallas Cowboys, bringing it back to Dallas. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, I thought Samuel you said Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Well, Samuel L. Jackson didn't play for the Cowboys. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. he played for the Eagles. Gotcha. I'm just kidding. And the he, Bills. <laughs> he did not. Ash, sure. thank you. Good continued good luck and keep us in the loop with what you're doing. Absolutely. We are very excited with what we are building. Um Transparency 19 was just the, you know, the the 
a very small portion of what what plans we have. But yeah. November we are going to launch a massive product. The tip of the ice. That's right. You can only get so much into a seven minute demo presentation. Well, thanks for spending five good minutes with us, Ash. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Yeah. Take care. All right. How about yeah, them bye-bye. cowboys? Big deal. We traded the big man for Emily. It's a good deal. It was a good deal. <laughs> it's a big, big deal. deal or a little deal. Well, Henry was in here telling us about a really big deal. He was telling us about his article that's coming out tomorrow about fireworks and how they're controlled by Mr. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about if you, you want to take the take the lead here? Yes, well, I let you go last time, so it's very gentlemanly to, to stay in turn. Who's winning? Like who? who? Um, Remember, there's no, no winners. winners. Yeah. No yeah. Yeah. We just fill our, yes. our passion buckets. Okay, <laughs> well then. Okay, so Dune, are you going first? I guess so, yes, I will oh. do it. Okay, so Oklahoma to find freight railroads for blocking their rail crossings. Big deal or little deal? Well, yeah, it's a big deal. What are they doing blocking rail crossings for, you know? I mean, I know that it's probably not monitored as heavily as it should be, and, and they, you know, they need some corrective action. It's sort of like when my kids who, you know, I just brought down from Boston leave their toy trains out in front of their doorway and I or some Legos and I step on them and it really hurts. They don't really necessarily Legos. mean to do it, just being absent-minded. And until you correct them, they, they need to know. So I guess it's a big deal until they fix it. <laughs> well, it's a big deal if you're sitting there in line and your, yeah. your path is crossed. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that's a micro look. You know, if you're looking bigger picture here, little deal. Oh. The rails, they're privately owned. They're not changing for nothing. Find them a little bit of money. It's it's pocket yeah. change. They'll just sniff at that. Another five hundred thousand dollar fine. <laughs> I like your I like your sniff. I did there. like that. I like that. <laughs> a nice sound effect. Okay, Henry <laughs> was just talking about this Ooh, one. Yeah. Chad, you go first. Mm-hmm. China shipping more than ninety percent of the world's fireworks, with nobody else in the top ten shipping two percent wow. or more. Wow. So yeah. China controlling the fireworks market. It's a big deal. It's sad but true. I mean, you know, it puts us at a pyrotechnical paradox, Mm -hmm. you know, celebrating Independence Day. (laughs) I just came up with that. Uh, (laughs) Celebrating Independence Day. And at the same time, with having such a strong dependence on effectively the Chinese mafia. Well, you know what? It's a little deal. You know, we talked about him, Mr. Ding. He controls it all right now. And he makes more money than the fireworks companies do. And it'd be really hard to even start building fireworks in the United States or somewhere else. But you know what? The Israelis have like 1.6%. The Spanish have 1.4%. If we came together (laughs) as as an entire world, maybe we could have independence for the entire world if if everybody but China decided to do their 1% of of fireworks manufacturing. And and maybe we could... uh... I thought you said if everybody bought China. Uh, No, I think... think that's, I don't know if it's you can buy stock. Expensive. Yeah, it's a little expensive. Yeah. I, no, I mean, you're probably right that it's a big deal, but at the same time, Thanks. like, aside from like <laughs> lookout games one? on Friday nights and like, you know, do we really need fire? Can't we use lasers instead? What happened to lasers? I <laughs> don't laser know. Show. That's true. You could reuse the lasers. Yeah, Fireworks, lasers. Let's you do a laser can't. Show. Let's do laser shows. I like it. Okay, Dooner, the return. Ooh. Of geopolitical risk, big deal or little deal? Well, yeah, I mean, that is a big deal. Like, we were talking about this fireworks thing, and we had the G20 summit. We just came together on trade, and then right afterwards, China shot a rocket out into the South China Sea. We saw North Korea do another test. I, I have no idea, but I, I don't want that world. <laughs> that is where you're wrong. <laughs> oh, it's a little deal. You know, I'm just in my ethnocentric little bubble here in the United States. It's all good. I just need to speak my one language and 
be just very just keep my eyes right here and what's in front of me. Yeah. So um Well, you know what you're wrong though. That's, because now people are gonna have to pay more money like for geopolitical risk. Uh there's like mitigating risk. There's insurance you gotta pay on ocean shipments. Right? Okay, well this is <laughs> something not yet. So maybe yet. the next one for you will be a big deal. I don't know, maybe it'll be All a little right. deal. MSC losing <laughs> its CTPAT certification for getting busted with a record setting fifteen thousand five hundred and eighty two bricks of <laughs> Cocaine aboard one of those container ships at the port of Philadelphia. This mm, was a no story a few weeks baby. ago. Yeah. CT Pat certification. It's yeah, a yeah, yeah, huge yeah. deal. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you know why it's probably a big deal is because even though that's a drop in the supply chain bucket of cocaine, I'm sure it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, a big bi- drop. It's a big deal because I I feel like this is a sign. There's probably a lot of this going on and they're probably doing stuff like they're sending a bunch to get busted somewhere. So it takes the eyes away oh. there and they send in like Joker, like a diversion. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bet that's what's happening. You, so yeah. it's a huge So that wasn't deal. the mother load. That was like the baby load, but there's really like a whole bunch of others out there. The that's containers are not that's my in. theory and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a little deal and I'll tell you why. Not because of the Coke. I mean, Coke is a bad thing. We don't want it on our streets, but, CTPAT. I've done a CTPAT revalidation for a shipper before. Oh, yeah? Anyone who's dealt with CTPAT knows that it never really did anything. It does not help. It does not help clear shipments any faster in my experience. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get sued by or like libel CTPAT or anything, but I do want to say that it, it doesn't help nearly as much as it was promised yeah. to shippers. It's something that was put into effect after 9-11, and it was because all of the ports shut down at that time, and it was supposed to be this kind of thing. If there was another big terrorist attack or port shut down, it would move shipments and goods through quicker. However... That never really panned out. That never really proved to be a case. I know we haven't had another 9-11, but we've had other port shutdowns, and I feel like yeah, a lot of people have felt like CTPAT has not even helped that much. Just a little bit of paperwork. Yeah. yeah. A MS- lot of it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a, a lot port- of paperwork. whole portal you have to a maintain. Lot of tape. Yeah. That's what MSC came out and basically said, guys, this is doing nothing for trade for us, so don't worry. When yeah. That was revoked. Yeah. So, I have to okay. agree with them. Well, yeah. there we go. Dooner, big oh. deal or little deal? Facebook's <laughs> cryptocurrency... Libra? Libra, yeah. yeah. Is that a big deal or a little deal for the supply chain? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting way to look at it because first you go cryptocurrency. And I think that a lot of times, especially with blockchain for supply chain, we spent all of last year trying to divorce it from cryptocurrency, right? right? So people didn't have to think of it in those terms. But now that I guess the fires kind of died down under blockchain <laughs> a little bit, uh, you, it's kind of like when it's good for the, you know, when something's good for the goose, it's good for the gander here. Yeah. So now that it's blockchain's coming to fold and in some ways... Yeah, it's a good thing because th- there is some, you know, it's a world market, global trade. So it does make sense to maybe use a cryptocurrency there. Uh, and anything that, that helps support blockchain is probably good as a whole. I think the, the blockchain universe is starting to realize. Okay, so suddenly this has become good thing, bad thing. No, no, no. Oh, uh, not no, big no, deal. It's a, it's, a, it's a big deal. I think oh. that should oh, be our next thing. It is a big deal. It's a big, a big deal. deal. It's a big it's deal. A big deal. Thing, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I think it's a little tiny deal because... It's just another cryptocurrency. It's it's yeah. not going to do much for supply chains. Facebook might be behind it, but all they're really going to be stealing is your data. Ooh, right. Mm. Oh, hold on to that. I did read something funny about it. They're like, like all of the advantages that cryptocurrency has, which is like being anonymous and and, yeah. and not tracking those transactions and everything, is kind of removed by the the aspect of it being through Facebook. 
Isn't it weird that no one really knows who created cryptocurrency? Ooh, it was like Satoshi X or something like that. Which, was that a single person? Yeah. Was was it Mr. Ding? It it might have been. Okay, well, this really isn't fair, so you better pick the right answer, Chad. Big deal or little deal, Dooner's (laughs) family finally arriving in Chattanooga. (laughs) Oh, Oh, it's a huge deal! Back into a corner. Yeah, it's a huge deal. I mean, 65 days with... Having your wife tend the youngins. Yeah. Man, she must be a saint. I'm sure things are great now. She- <laughs> a deep yeah. sigh of relief. Uh, no, but you guys have been having a great time showing them around. You joined the aquarium, yeah. mm-hmm. the Creative Discovery Museum. Yep. You got your own tank now. pool to yourself. <laughs> I just go to visit them. Don't bring operating hours. This is wonderful. What a huge deal this is for you and your family and everybody. You know, it's just, it's a little deal because it's just a, it's a little grain of sand in the hourglass of life. You know, oh, it was only 65 days, but what is 65 deal. days and you're going to spend a lifetime together and you cherish every moment. Nothing is lost and everything has a purpose. So, wow, deep thoughts. It, yes. Deep yes. thoughts here. How, old are, how old are the little ones again? They're two and four. Okay. So and the two-year-old talks days. a lot more now than he did when I left him. Oh, wow. I was going to say, because 65 days is a big chunk of time for having a two-year-old, because that's a yeah, big chunk of out of his life. life. You're yeah. right. All right, now you're making... Okay, it's fine. It's a big <laughs> deal, guys. Of He's sweating. He's sweating. He's sweating. I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. It's not because we're in the hot yoga studio of sound. No. Okay, last one. Big deal or little deal? Of course, we have a holiday this week, the 4th of July. What do you think, Dooner? Is the 4th of July a big deal? Ah... You know what? No. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, it's great for, like, great for independence and all that stuff, but I am kind of, like, effed out on holidays. Like, so to me, I'm kind of in that crotchety period where it's like, eh, I don't know. It's a big deal. What? Are you kidding me? It's one of my favorite holidays. No, you're right. I America. love the 4th of July. America. It's our 243rd celebration. Democratic independence. Yes. And it's one of those fun holidays where it's like you never know who's going to be in town or who's yeah. not going to be in town. And so, like, you could, you might be at home doing nothing by yourself and it's like quiet, yeah. or you might have a raging party and have everybody over, depending on who's in uh-huh. town. I mean, who did you upset that July, you got left home on the 4th of July? I've just had times where I couldn't get nobody was in town but uh, last last year we threw a big old party it was yeah, great okay yeah yeah so I stink and love the 4th of July you only the bad the news Chinese this time do is because we buy their fire clearly yeah. <laughs> the only bad news is this time I have to drive to Florida on July 4th so yep. in that I have what, to what part of drive Florida? To Florida tomorrow yes how long of a drive is that? They say six. The thing says six and a half hours. It's oh. going to be longer. I just that. drove sixteen hours in a it's U-Haul. Well, my in laws did. I drove in a Prius. I'm not driving I drove in a Prius. Me. How many gallons of gas did you use in that Prius? You know, I only stopped twice. We only stopped. <laughs> That's twice. what I wanted to know. No, we only stopped twice for I don't know wow. how many miles it is, but it's like eighteen hour drive. Yeah, wow. you just you just. I think That's you just a big deal. Um, yeah, it is. That's a big deal. A saving gas on the freeway. I'll be driving my Honda Insight and maybe just go through a tank. One gas. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would be amazing. Wouldn't it? You guys uh, in your savvy car. You can drive there and back and still not have driven as many miles as I did. Just saying. Wow. Now it's all in context. Yeah. Now we're going to have a civil like, war. Perspective. Uh, that will be a big deal, little deal question yeah. for next week. That's you have 4th of July plans? What are you guys doing? <sighs> you're going to Florida, so you, you're, You'll be you're in already happy. Yeah. I think I'm just relaxing. Yeah. Taking a nice nap. Chilling with yeah. my dog. Chillaxing. We both nice. moved places. So yeah. It's not really like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, we've already kind of had our our time. Our now. little excitement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big deal that big we'll deal. just be chilling. 
All right. Well, we know you got to get some work to do. Yes, a I got big some. deal. Yeah, maybe not the A roll, but you got to get to the B roll. Okay, taking care of Freight Waves TV each Freight and Waves every TV. day. Coming soon to a network near you. You're doing the voiceovers for us. Uh, I think I'm doing some sonar voiceovers soon. Oh, well, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for hosting another round of Big Deal, Little Big Deal. Big Deal, Little Deal, Little Cabell for you. Little Fourth of July Cabell for you. Happy Independence Day. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yes. <laughs> Uh-oh, don't fall out of your chair. That would be dangerous. Oh. Chad, what is your favorite Fourth of July movie? My favorite film, yes. easier to answer, uh, would be a, a Fourth of July film. My favorite, I'm going to have to say, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Well, it's kind of an Americana film, right? It well, shows... it came out on an, on an Independence Day. Did it? Yeah, and you know, it's all about well, it's about a lot of things, some complicated yeah. issues of the Vietnam War, and uh, that to me is a great film period, and uh, a great you know a, a great Independence Day one. Do you, can can that one count for me? If not that one, yeah, then I would no, say... it's, it's got a scene. It's got uh, doesn't the guy lose his legs in that? Yeah, the guy who loses his yeah. Legs. Sergeant Dan or Sergeant, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan, and yeah. then there was also well, there was also Born on the Fourth of July with right. Tom Cruise All, with Tom Cruise, and I think Top Gun came out on the Fourth of July. Well, I was going to pick Top Gun. Oh, not sorry. Independence Day with Will Smith. I was going to pick Top Gun, Top Gun. as mine, and that's because Barry, uh, uh, my way to the danger yeah, zone. My boss upstairs, creative director of FreightWaves.com, he was wearing an Iceman T-shirt today with uh, wow. Val Kilmer. Okay. And I don't want to start any rumors, but they're they are they're making a sequel to Top Gun. And supposedly, I don't know if you knew this or not, I... Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer did not get along because Val Kilmer supposedly bullied Tom Cruise on the set of uh of a movie, which I think was Top Gun. So he's oh, never really gotten so he over it. Bullied him in real life and, yeah, and on the screen. And in the movie. Wow, I mean it was effective. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He did seem kind of he did seem a little cucked. Remember remember the way when he, he did the teeth? He was like, That's right. Oh yeah. Ice man. Yeah. I am dangerous. And then he goes Yeah, he showed like how perfectly aligned his teeth were by like <laughs> snapping them together. Yeah. And they were. He was yeah. a handsome man with his blonde hair straight up. He was. You know, it's weird when someone's that handsome though, and they get kind of older and they gain a little weight. Because then it's like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's just, they, it's like Tom, Tom Cruise got the ultimate uh, revenge on that because yeah. he's ageless. He looks like the exact same 40 years later. Yeah, he was in, speaking of wars, he was in that future war movie, like Edge of Tomorrow. And I always like, because of like the persona of Tom Cruise, I'm always like, you kind of want to dislike him, but then you watch his movies, yeah. and he's just good. He is. He's just good. He, he is. I, I mean, I don't know what he pumps himself full of, like Reservatol or something. But yeah, he's kind of ageless. He is kind. Of, he is kind of. He is kind of ageless. You know what is also ageless? Our common section. Yeah. <laughs> common section rodeo. Oh, these are some comments from that 65-mile-an-hour oh, yeah. truck speed limiters. Worked up, Chad. Yeah, good job stirring that pot, or at least documenting it. Todd Olson writes, awesome, let's create more congestion. Mm. If all traffic goes the same speed, there's minimal congestion. Training is the key to safer roads and modification of electronic logs so that everyone is not racing the clock at the same time every day. Oh, he didn't mean it sarcastically. The oh, way yeah. I was re- he was like, awesome. Wait, he was... Well, it seemed like he was kind of saying that he kind of liked it. Oh, at the end there? Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he was arguing kind of two points at once. Like, some of his things seemed like 
he's saying that all these things are good for speed limits, but then I don't know. It seems like at the same time he thinks it's going to cause congestion. <clears throat> if everybody goes the same speed, there won't be congestion. Well, that's true. Yeah. Man, why can't we? How can we figure out how to make that happen? I don't know. Electric cars, automated cars. Ooh, yeah. now you're. Mm, I don't know. You're hitting a little low below, below the belt there. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. I mean, that could get people angry too. So, well, Richard writes in. He says, "Oh my God, I'm gonna have to censor this one a little bit." All right. Anything else you Fs want to control about how much oxygen I breathe or when I use the restroom? How about putting diapers on dogs and cats because they might S on a sidewalk? If you want slower speeds, then lower the speed limit for everyone. Automobiles, including you're all a bunch of paper-pushing CS. I hope that if you do pass that law, that every truck out there just blocks all lane and causes 100-mile backups. So I can see the road rage and watch the mayhem. You think slowing trucks down makes safer roads? You're wrong. It can't stop me from running your dumb A off the road or cutting you off or brake checking you or taking my truck out of fear on a steep grade. So you're so effing book smart that you're actually an effing R. Wow. Richard, I think he's uh, tailgated me before on the on the freeway. He like went like I, he got like progressively more uh, angry as he typed that. You yeah. know, some people like calm down as they yell. He like he just he like was just working himself up like a turbine. <sighs> Not oh, a lot of punctuation yeah. there. Like one again, one of those like stream of consciousness rants that we tend to get sometimes. Yeah, let's try this one from Mouse Killer. Oh, okay, that if sounds the, ominous. If this sixty-five mph mandate passes, you will see road rage like never before, oh my God. and you will be responsible for it all. <laughs> If you believe that some companies will use speeding faster trucks to be competitive to the competition, you're not fit to make any calls on anything to do with transportation. The only calls you're competent to make is to go to the toilet. These mega carriers are pulling the wool over your eyes. They have their trucks governed at or near 65 MPH for several reasons. Of the many reasons is they have far too many unqualified drivers behind the wheel and on the payroll and know they are unskilled, poorly trained. They have their trucks governed to reduce the fuel consumption and that reduces cost and operation the company. It also reduces repair costs on equipment and he was done there. <laughs> he was like raging about this and he gave like he gave like three good reasons why that's a good it idea. Saves money. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he was like, yeah, okay. it saves on fuel. The, the vehicle is like, maybe it's a good idea. <laughs> maybe these mega carriers are trying to save money. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Wayne Jones says, cookie cutter trucks aren't the answer. No, no, no. Rate-based paid detention time. Better rates. Hours of service reform. Shipper receiver time management training. Shipper receiver penalties. And penalties for extreme reckless violations, which result in serious injury or death, are the real culprits. There is a multifaceted issue that doesn't just include trucks or their operators. We've always had truck drivers which can safely operate at the same speed as four-wheelers. But there's a culture among both 18s and four-wheelers that don't respect safety and adjust to the appropriate driving conditions. Well, I can agree with that, Wayne Jones. Yeah, that was was sensible. Multifaceted, yeah, Yeah. thoughtful. Uh, Robert Benoit says... All you speedy truckers don't need to run faster than 65 to 70. Racing the clock is an uh, is an unprofessional excuse made up by those that ran illegal on paper. Mm. Trip planning and clock management is what you need to learn. I'm a truck driver, restricted to 65, and been on e-log since I got my CDL. Mm-hmm. I have no issue with making my deliveries on time, and the argument most crashes are below 65 is a load of crap. 
Most crashes happen because you super truckers ride people's bumper. No excuse for following too close. Getting that close doesn't get you there faster. It reduces your stopping reaction and distance. I know because you guys run up on me instead of changing lanes early. You would rather nearly run into or over me and then sometimes make gestures. Oh, wow. What, like, what kind of a gesture do you think? Like, well, like wave? Do you one, think they would do like, can, toot, toot? One can only imagine. But I mean, again, yeah. you know, good points by Robert Benoit. Yeah, no, I, and you know what? In this case. Maybe, so just to give a counterpoint, so we can we can sort of bring these people together, and so everyone doesn't have to argue, because it's, sometimes these regulations are going to come through, and a lot of times they do, like ELDs. Even if you don't like it, you have to get on board, right? Yeah. But I feel like, so Robert comes from the experience of he's only driven under these limits, so his company probably understands and respects those, where some yeah. of these other ones that deal with, you know, owner operators who allow for these violations and, and expect you to drive past faster than 65, they may have unrealistic expectations on some of these drivers. I'll be honest, you know, what, often when I'm in cities, you know, dense urban environments, and I'm trying to go 70, say, in the passing lane, and there's a tr- a big semi riding up on me. It's intimidating, and I, I it's I don't think it's safe. Yeah, you know, I mean, I want freedom on the uh, you know for everybody, but at the same time, there is truth to it. Like, be steady, you know, meet meet the distances you can go. Yeah, yeah, uh, you'll save money on fuel. John Cook says I already have speed technology, a cruise control. I think I'll set it at 55 miles per hour and show them what will happen. Okay. Hopefully more folks will participate and give some medicine back. <laughs> so just like that's a little passive, passive aggressive. Yeah. Right? Just gonna I'm going to go slower and... just to show you. Yeah. You want me to go under 75? You want me to go 65 at the top? I will go 55. How about that? Well, I mean, it'll be easier to pass. That's kind of like when they, and, and look, I've had that mentality. I was in Catholic school and when, you know, I had that jug, the justice under God detention. And it's like when the brother says, you want one day of detention? And you're like, give me two. Now, that was kind of breakfast club of you. Give me three. Yeah. That was breakfast club. Well, maybe this guy was a big fan of, uh, I don't know, maybe not a fan of John Bender, the uh, principal. Don't you forget about me, Chad. And don't you forget about us. <laughs> How could I? You can find What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are heard around the world. You can find Chad Prevost at chadprevost.com. <laughs> Is that really a website? <laughs> Actually, yeah. But no, uh, find me at Chad Prevost on Twitter. Yeah. And, and at Timothy Dooner on Twitter. And we're having a great time doing this, bringing it to you as often yeah. as possible. Slowing down the cadence a little bit this week during the yeah. holiday. Holidays. It was last week as I was away. We had one this week. It's the 4th of July. We, uh, I don't know about you guys, but around us, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's weird coming back from vacation and everyone, like, is on vacation. It's like <laughs> it's like people got raptured. You know, there's, like, key yeah. critical staff. Like, we got a lot of reporters here. They're covering the story. But a lot of operational stuff already gone. Yeah. Already gone. Wonder yeah. if they'll be here Friday. They have left the building. Not us, though. Nope. Working for the weekend. Working for the weekend, man. So we already kind of discussed that with 4th of July plans. We hope all of you have a happy and healthy 4th of July. And Uh, even though I'll be gathering some sun rays and probably paddle boarding on the coast of Pensacola in Florida, uh, I will be attuned to my Twitter. Why? Because I love it and I like you. So tweet me, tweet at me, and uh, let's uh, let's get some conversations going on behalf of What the Truck. What do you want to hear? What are some interesting uh, ideas and topics that you want us to talk about? And where are you? Where in the world are you? Tell us. Let us know where you're listening from. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, Chad. Oh, and don't forget that morning minute. Look up Freight Waves on your uh, iTunes, on your Apple Podcasts, on your Spotify, Stitcher, on your Alexa. 
That's right. We're bringing you what is happening right now at FreightWavesNow.com. Check that out. Yeah. And FreightWaves Radio on Saturday. Yeah. And what do you do on YouTube? What do I do what? On YouTube. Subscribe and smash that bell. Yeah. You've been listening to What the Truck. Bang your little cowbell for the 4th of July. Bang your cowbell for the United States Independence. Bang your cowbell for Mr. Ding's fireworks. Someone lost my harmonica. Yeah, your harmonica's right on the ground. Oh, sad harmonica. <laughs>